You're listening to Deliberate Living, a podcast that inspires, empowers, and encourages listeners to live life more authentically. My name is Holly Priestley, and I'm a full-time nomad and creator who has been living in my 1997 Ford van since January 1st of 2019. I travel the United States with my dog, learning how to live with more authenticity. I explore different ways people choose to ditch the prescribed life we've all been sold and live on their terms, finding freedom and happiness however they choose. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Deliberate Living Podcast. I am your host, Holly Priestley, and this week I'm going to kind of go back, not exactly to the roots of the show, but I'm going to go back um, into a little bit of the archives of the show and do a style of episode that I haven't done in a while, and that is an uh, an AMA and Ask Me Anything. Um, I asked on my Instagram stories a few days ago for questions from you guys because Life has just been a little bit up and down lately, and I haven't been as uh, present on really anywhere, (laughs) Um, and I miss it, and I miss being able to interact with you guys a little bit more, but things have just been a little wild, so this is kind of my way of um, reconnecting and feeling like I'm talking to you guys a little bit more directly, so thank you to everybody who sent in questions. I'm going to answer a few of them on today's show. Um, if you're not already following me on Instagram, that is where I am the most active. So please come over there and follow me there. Um, and then you can participate in the next AMA as well. So today we're going to talk a little bit about um, how I stay focused when I have a lot on my plate. I'm uh, going to answer questions about uh, fears upon starting van life. Um, and whether or not I've overcome those yet. I'm going to talk about uh, some hacks for overnight car camping ideas for free. Um, I've got a question about if younger me would be proud of me now, and uh, some questions about um, self-publishing books of poetry or a novel. So if you're interested in any of those questions, please stick around. If not, tune in next time for another episode. (laughs) Uh, So let's go ahead and get started. Um, The first question I'm going to answer is, would you recommend self-publishing a book of poetry and or a novel? Uh, Short answer is yes, absolutely. Um, The slightly longer answer is that I think that the creativity that we have, the art that we have, whether it's writing or photography or painting or making music or, you know, whatever, whatever the hell. We all have some kind of art. We all have some kind of creativity, some kind of gift. And um, I think that we should be sharing that more and more and more. And with the world being the way that it is, with technology being the way that it is, we do have a lot of resources that we might not have had 50 or 100 years ago. So it is more than possible to successfully self-publish a book or whatever kind of artwork you want to make. And I think that the world needs those things to exist as much as you need them to exist. And so do it for yourself, but also there are a ton of people out in the world who need the, the art that you're making, your unique voice. We need your perspective. So absolutely, please self-publish your poetry, your novels, your artwork, your music, fucking all of it. All of it. I want to see all of it. Self-publish everything. It can be a little bit daunting. It can feel overwhelming at times. But if you just take one step at a time, one poem at a time, one chapter at a time, one task at a time, you don't have to think about the whole process. 
just focus on whatever step is in front of you right now. And it takes as long as it takes, right? Sometimes self-publishing can be really nice and easy because it's a lot faster, but also it's not necessarily faster because, you know, so many of us have regular jobs and all these other things going on in life that like take a lot of time and it can be really nice to like have a team and have a publishing deal or whatever and you make something and then you hand it off and somebody else does something and then they give it back and then you do something and then you give it back to them and they do something. Sometimes that can be really nice if you can coordinate uh, some kind of collaborative team ship with somebody else that might be worthwhile but Yes, absolutely. Please self-publish your poetry, your novels, fucking everything. All of it. Uh, the second question I'm going to answer. What is 10 years ago you proud of about current you? This question to me personally is really hard to answer because I think 10 years ago me would look at me now and be without context, without, you know, having a conversation with her, if she just like dropped into my life or just like saw the details of my life, I think she would be sad and disappointed. 10 years ago, me, I was 22, almost 23. And I had a very specific idea of what I want my wanted my life to look like at that time. I really wanted to get married and have a husband and have a house and I wasn't really sure that I wanted to have kids but I knew that I wanted like a specific kind of lifestyle and I'm 32 almost 33 and I don't have any of those things I don't have a husband I, I've never been married I don't have a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a partner or anything right now I'm just me and a dog. Actually, right this minute, as of recording, I have two extra dogs, which if you're watching the, the video version, you can see them behind me. Um, I'm dog sitting for a friend. But basically, my life is like friends and dogs, and I, I don't have a partner. And so I think 10 years ago, me, without any context, would look at my life and be like, where did we go wrong? What's wrong with us? Why did nobody pick us? Why haven't we been chosen? Um... And I think she would be really confused. Um, at the same time, she might be proud of the fact that I own a house. This is the second house that I've owned, that we've owned, I guess, if she's younger than me. She, would, uh, she might be excited that we have owned houses alone and like done everything on our own. She might be very proud of the fact that um, we are self-employed and handle all of our bills and our our life on our own and um, that we take care of things. And I think there would be things that she would be confused by and sad by and disappointed by if I didn't get to give her any context on what was going on. If I could go back to 10 year old, 10 years ago me and talk to her, it might be slightly different, but then I wouldn't be where I am and I like who I am, and I am who I am based on everything that I've experienced, you know, it's, it's kind of a, that's a really hard question to answer for me, and I, so many people can look back at their younger selves and be like, oh my god, younger me would be so proud of current me for XYZ things, and I don't think that younger me would necessarily be proud, I think she'd be confused, and I think she'd be sad. Current me is proud. Younger me might not be, so... 
Does anybody else feel that way? Does anybody else feel like younger them might not love the trajectory that life has taken because we had ideas of what we thought life would be? I feel kind of like a downer being like 10 years ago, me would not necessarily be stoked, but also that's like the honest truth. And I, I think she would be confused. Um, the last 10 years have been really wild. And if I look back and like, you know, looked back at like some of the major events and the minor events and look at all the jobs that I've had and all the places that I've lived and all the things that I've done. And I think, you know, like a lot can happen in 10 years. So hopefully I am making 42, almost 42 year old me proud. Uh, and hopefully I'm making 52 year old me, 62 year old me proud. And hopefully I will continue to be proud of my accomplishments, um, in the future. So Anyway, <laughs> uh, the next question is from a friend, and they ask, do you think I'm cute? And, you know, it doesn't matter who asked this question. Yes, I think all y'all are cute. I think human beings can be so lovely, and we are all so unique and so different, and uh, we all have our own, you know, outward beauty. We all have our own inward beauty. And I just really, really love watching people be themselves and uh, exist in the way that they do. I love learning how people make decisions that they make or um, face challenges or, you know, whatever. So, yes, y'all are very cute. I'm so grateful for each and every one of you. Um, who has ever listened to the show ever or, you know, followed me on Instagram or supported my art or my Patreons or any of that stuff. Um, you guys are so very cute. Please stay in my life. Please uh, keep being cute. Humans are adorable. I want to take a minute to talk about the sponsor for this episode that is the app Rerouted. With Rerouted, you can buy, sell, and donate used outdoor gear online instantly and automatically. As soon as it sells, you just print out a shipping label and you pop it in the mail. It's, there's no hassle. You never have to deal with any strangers. It's a pretty painless process. One of the reasons I love Rerouted so much is because they are committed to access, sustainability, and affordability for all users. They're really into the circular economy and keeping things out of landfills. And that is just something I really enjoy. Um, and so if you want to try Rerouted for the first time, you can get 10% off of your first purchase with them with the link that is in the description below. And then also if you are clearing out your closet and making some more space for some new gear, uh, get in touch with me and I can put you in touch with their wizard so that you can list your first five items for free on their site. Again, that is Rerouted. Thank you so much for sponsoring the show. And let's get back to our chit chat. So the next question I'm going to tackle is best free overnight car camping ideas. I am a huge fan of free car camping. Um, and so on the one hand, this uh, question is not like so specific, like free car camping ideas. So does that mean like free places to camp? Because yes, absolutely. There's a ton of public land out there that you can camp for free. Um, BLM, Forest Service, most state trusts... Each state is different. They all have different rules. Many of them require a permit that costs some amount of money. Usually it's not very much. Some states have 
rules where you can camp on it overnight. Some states have rules where you cannot, and it is for day use only. So check with your local municipalities, I guess, to find out more about your specific state trust land. But there is so much public land out there, and you can absolutely go car camping for free. There are a multitude of apps that you can use to find free camping or to find cheap camping or any camping at all, really. Uh, free Roam is a great one. iOverlander is a great one. Um, you can also look at maps. And I know maps can be a little bit scary, so sometimes going through the apps first can be really good because then you can get um, peer reviews on what the road is like or what the campsite is like or if there's service or what the weather was like or whatever. Um, so the apps can be a really good place to look for those. And those apps are also free. There are some apps that you pay for, but um, iOverlander and Free Roam are free apps that you can use to find free camping near you <laughs> uh, just to get started. So, uh, yeah, best free overnight car camping ideas. Camping for free. Yeah. And, you know, the freest car camping idea that doesn't even require any gas is, like, your yard. <laughs> and I think that, you know, you have to, like, maybe not live in an apartment or something to, like, camp in your car for free. But if you really want to get a little bit wild and a little crazy, you could camp in your car for free in whatever city or town you live in. It might not go exactly the way you want, and it's probably not going to be the best view in the morning. But it's an option, and it's free if you have a car already. <laughs> All right, so uh, the next question, did you discover fears upon starting van life that you have and or haven't overcome yet? What fears popped up for me when I started living in the van? There's definitely certain fears of certain places or persons. Those are probably the biggest fears. I spend a lot of time in the van out in the wilderness and people ask me a lot if I'm like afraid of the wildlife. What if there's a bear or a mountain lion or a coyote or whatever? Honestly, I'm not afraid of the wildlife. I really don't care. Like, I'm not afraid of the animals at all. I'm way more skittish of the humans. So... If I'm going to be out in a wilderness area and there's zero other people around, I feel great. I feel super safe. I love it. Everything is amazing. Um, and then if I'm in a wilderness area and there's one other car around, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. If there's two other cars around, I don't love it. It's not great. If there's three or more other cars around, I feel better. So no people is best. Or more people is better <laughs> to an extent from like a safety standpoint if there's like one other person out there in the woods with me like I don't know them they might they might mean me harm they might not um, I generally don't let fear dictate my life or dictate my travels or dictate where I camp I trust my gut if I get to a campsite and my gut says nah we don't like it here then we leave um, but I don't let the fear of much of anything prevent me from doing stuff. There's always also the fear that like something is going to happen with the rig, um, especially some kind of breakdown in a, a area where I don't have cell service. 
and this has happened before. <laughs> I've gotten like flat tires and stuff in places where I can't call anybody or use the internet to figure out how to get my spare off of the bottom of the van. But I figured it out. And so, you know, they ha there's all these fears about, well, what if you're out on a dirt back road and you don't have service and you get a flat tire? What if? What are you going to do then? And it's really easy to be like, oh, well, I don't know what I would do, so I'm just not going to be in that situation. I don't know what I would do, so I'm just not going to. Um, and I think that that can be really limiting. It will keep you from beautiful areas. It will keep you from exploring and expanding your horizons and pushing those growth edges and getting a, a sense of capability, you know. And so what what's going to happen? I don't know. But... I've figured it out before. I've always been able to figure it out before. I will continue to figure it out. Worst case scenario, I have to walk a couple miles until I get service or something, right? Like there's always, everything is figure outable. Everything is something you can handle. It might not always be fun, right? And like the story afterwards might not be good. It may never get funny. It probably will get funny. Everything gets funny eventually. But um, yeah. Definitely more afraid of people than animals. Definitely have had fears of what if the van breaks down or what if, you know, something happens. And everything is figureoutable. I think the biggest fears I have now are something happening that's irreparable to the van itself. And that is terrifying and sad and not something I like to think about. But even if something happened to the van, like, I can get another van. I can get another van. I can get something smaller. I can get something bigger. There's options. There's so many options. Nothing in life is permanent. Everything is changing all the time. And there's pros and cons to that, right? Like we're in a good state of life and we're like, oh, we want this forever. We want this for the rest of time. But that's not how life works, you know? But if you're in a bad period of life, it feels like it's going to last forever, but it won't. It'll pass. Things will be better again. Um, and being afraid is totally fine and normal. And if you can get a new perspective on fear and not let it like run your life, not let it make decisions for you, then you can have a much richer, more expansive life. So I feel like I could tangent on that for an entire episode, but I'm going to try and keep it sort of short-ish and <laughs> keep that one wrapped up right there. Um, the final question that I'm going to answer from this round of AMA is how do you stay focused when you have a lot on your plate? Uh, and this question is really relevant for me right now. <laughs> Life as a freelancer especially is very cyclical. It's very up and down. It's very feast or famine. There's like a ton of work or there's no work. And you're stressed out because you have so many deadlines and so many things going on. Or you're stressed out because all of your clients took a break at once, but your bills don't take a break. Um, and so lately I've been more busy and I've had a lot on my plate. And so staying focused looks different depending on what the task at hand is or how my mental health is on that day. Um, I'm, I'm a huge fan of lists. Um, handwritten or on my phone or on my computer. Um, I like having something that I can check off. I like being able to break down each step of a task of a project and making it into bite-sized chunks so that I have more that I can check off later. It helps me feel like I'm making progress and making momentum. 
Um, having a lot on your plate can come with deadlines or not. Sometimes it's, you know, oh, I need to do this or I want to do this, but there's not a strict deadline, like if it's not a client project or something. And giving myself a deadline can be very helpful in those aspects. Um, client deadlines, obviously, kind of keep you focused on the deadline because that's when they need your projects. <laughs> um, yeah, lists definitely help. Having, like, a calendar idea of how things go or what is due when um, helps. And then also a lot of my ability to stay focused these days at this point in my life, and this was different in the past and it will be different in the future, but right now so much of it is knowing how I work best when my energy is the highest and the lowest um, and having a lot of grace and compassion with myself so that I don't you know, beat myself up when I can't focus or I don't um, talk down to myself when I'm feeling extra tired and like struggling. Um, I know that most of the time, not always, I am more energized, more creative, more focused in the mornings. So personally, I try to get as much work as I can done in the mornings so that my afternoons, when I'm less focused and I'm more tired and I'm more scatterbrained, I have, you know, projects that don't take as much mental power or I don't have projects at all. And I just like give myself the afternoon off to make art or go hang out with friends. Um, if you're a night owl and you're trying to change your schedule to fit that like billionaire 5am morning routine and you're like, Oh, what's wrong with me? Why can't I do this? Like work with yourself, not against yourself. So, you know, a lot of that is like, knowing when you're bound to be more focused and what helps you get focused. Um, like, for example, one of the weird things that I do when I write articles for my clients is I have this dumb game on my phone. It is, it's short, it's quick. Um, it uses like a side of my brain that is lightly creative um, and like problem solvey, but not like very involved or in depth. <laughs> and when I first started doing this, like playing the game while I was like writing my articles, I was very confused and I would like beat myself up like, you don't need to be playing this game, you need to be writing. What are you doing? And then I realized after a couple of articles that playing this dumb game helps me write my articles. And so these days, it's just part of my process. Like, all right, I'm going to write an article. I got my Word doc. I got my brief. I got my research. I got everything I need. All right, and I'm going to pull up my dumb game on my phone. And it, it does help me stay focused. So you know, whatever it is for you, if I have specific playlists that I listen to that help me like drop into the focusing mood, um, I allow myself a lot of freedom of location. If I'm not doing something specific, like recording a podcast, um, if I'm working on some client projects that I can take my computer elsewhere, I'll work from the mountains, I'll work from the van, I'll work from a cafe or a library or something else. Uh, depending on what I need for that day. So that goes into, you know, that whole self-awareness, knowing what you need and being willing to experiment and see how different ways of working, different locations, different times of day, different um, snack options, you know, <laughs> things like that always help. Water really helps stay focused. Uh, the more hydrated you are, the more energy you have. So definitely have more water if you need to stay more focused. Uh, there's 
a lot of different elements of it for me. And it really depends on the day, what tools I need out of the toolkit. Um, so your toolkit might have some of the same tools as mine and it might be completely different, but, um, yeah, huge fan of lists and, uh, externally or internally guided deadlines, self-awareness, freedom, compassion, patience. And I think, yeah, I think those are like kind of the main things there. Um, and so that kind of, that wraps up this round of AMA, Ask Me Anything. If you have further questions on some of my answers, you want me to dive a little deeper, let me know, send me a message, leave a comment, whatever. Um, if you have a question that you'd like me to answer in a future AMA, feel free to send that as well. I may answer it on the Deliberate Living Patreon page um, where I have extra long episodes and uh, rapid fire question mini-sodes with previous guests. So check out the Patreon there. That helps me um, stay afloat and pay the bills that go along with the podcast itself. Um, and I have a personal Patreon if you want to support my art and maybe get some snail mail from me, some postcards every month. Um, subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already and the Instagram, sign up for my newsletter so that you don't miss anything. And yeah, I'm a, I'm an open book. <laughs> so if you guys have any questions at all, let me know if you have specific questions about van life or alternative living of any kind or entrepreneurship or living more deliberately and you want some one-on-one -on -one time with me, I have coaching sessions available as well. There's a link for those. Um, and those are some of my favorite things to do. I love getting to connect with you guys and help you with your unique specific problems because there are no blanket answers to what is the best van or what is the best lifestyle or what are the best free overnight car camping ideas? Like, well, it depends. It depends on what your goals are, what you like, what you want, who you are. Um, so yeah, thank you everybody for being here and tuning into this episode of the Deliberate Living Show. If you have made it this far in the episode, thank you so much. And uh, that probably means you liked it. So go ahead and like it. Five stars, rate it, comment, share it with somebody if uh, somebody you know is maybe looking to be more focused or publish a book or, you know, having conflicted feelings about talking to 10 years ago self. <laughs> um, I hope you guys have enjoyed this and tune in next week for...